This is Sarah Jakes Roberts, and you are listening to Episode 9 of Woman Evolve Podcast. Join us from week to week as we talk about the week's hot topics and share inspirational messages and also give advice to a few people in need. I hope that you'll continue to listen in, and if you are enjoying the show the way that I am, then subscribe and rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. Hey, child. It is that time of the week. It is time for the Woman Evolve podcast, and I am being joined online by my Facebook host. Just in case you're listening for the first time, where you been at, child? We have been getting it in for nine episodes strong, and I am not here joined by myself because I have co-hosts tuning in from literally all over the world. Literally, they tune in from Africa to Florida to Asia. Listen, baby, we international around here. And this is a time in the show where I like to welcome my co-host audience who are tuning in from Facebook Live. They're leaving me comments and they will be tuning in throughout the episode with their take on today's topics. I see Tamika Buckley is in the building. I see Shaquita Stinson is in the building. Victoria Raven, Chantre, we are doing the thing, and I am excited for us to get into this week's episode. Before we get started, let's see, I usually like to make sure that everyone gets an idea of how your girl been doing, because what's girl talk unless we're checking in on our sisters? Well, listen, child, your girl has been stretched to capacity. For the first time ever, I had to speak. I I got the opportunity. I don't say had to anymore because it is not something that is a burden. It is an opportunity that I am blessed to have. I got to speak four times this weekend, four times back to back. Usually, like if I speak on a Sunday, you know, I have a whole week until the next Sunday. Or even if I do a midweek service on Thursday, I have a few days in between. So four days back to back, um, your girl was squeezed. And I spoke about it on Sunday. And it was beautiful. When I got finished on Sunday, I was like, listen, I was totally empty, but I had a phenomenal time. I went to Delaware. I was at Seeds of Greatness Church. And then in Dallas, Texas, I also got to be a part of a women's history luncheon that was hosted by Dee Dee McGuire, who is a radio personality in Dallas. And I was just so honored to be in the room with those women. So that was exciting for me. And I want to tune in. Oh, usually I talk about where I am on the fighting fat scale. Uh, I am back in the gym. I went to Orange Theory when I was in Dallas. Okay. That's how serious I'm taking this thing. 
Uh, most of the time when I travel, I do not work out because I, my rhythm's a bit thrown off and my schedule can be a bit hectic. But I was intentional about making sure that I made it to Orange Theory in Dallas. I did not go to Orange Theory in Delaware, but let me tell you, the devil was busy in Delaware because the wind and the snow and the rain did not want me to be great. It did not want me to go outside at all. So that one we're going to chop up to a loss. But I did go in Dallas. And I have to say that because when I tell you about my diet, I don't want to hear any judgment. Let me tell you what happened to me. Is you listening, child? Child. Here's, listen, child. All right. Here's the thing. So I stayed at my parents' house in Dallas, even though my hosts were very gracious. They offered me a hotel. As long as my parents have four walls and a bed, I mean, even if it's just one, I will be staying at my parents' house. And so I stayed at my parents' house. My father was very busy. I wasn't expecting for him to do anything beyond just be there and allow me to just soak up his love and wisdom and presence. And But let me tell you what Bishop Jakes did. Bishop Jakes made me an offer that I could not refuse or confuse, okay? I had to understand clearly what was happening in the moment. Here's what happened. Bishop Jakes told me to go into the kitchen and warm up a roast that he had cooked a couple days before. He said it was delicious. I go into the kitchen. I can't find a roast. Turns out somebody threw the roast away. I said, Daddy, ain't no more roast left. I'm sorry. You want me to make something? You want me to warm you up something different? And he said, oh, oh man, it was good. You know, I hate that it's not in there. Then Bishop Jakes told me, well, are you hungry? I'll make you anything you want to eat. What? And, you know, I know he's tired. He's busy. He's doing the Lord's work. He be on the highways and the byways doing the Lord's work. Okay, so I said, listen, Daddy, you're tired. I understand you're tired, and I don't want to impose on you while you're tired. I love you. I don't want you to have to go through nothing, okay? And so he said, no, I'll make you anything you want. I said, anything, you know, and that's too big of a decision for me to make on my own. So I had to enlist my brother, Jamar. I said, Jamar, here's the thing. Daddy says that he will make us anything we want right now in this moment. It's 7 p.m. on a Thursday night. It's 7 p.m. on a Wednesday night. And this man is saying that anything we want, he will make. And my brother said, like ribs. I said, he said anything. And so I just tossed the ball back in his court. I said, Bishop, what about ribs? And Bishop said, I'll send someone out to the store right now and we can get these ribs popping. I ate ribs at 1130 at night. I know y'all vegan. I know y'all only eat lettuce. I know y'all juice and y'all don't eat no processed food, no sugars, no carbs, all of those things. And God bless you in your endeavor. Sometimes I'm there. Sometimes I eat ribs at 1130 at night. Here's the thing. I'm fortunate enough that my father has been in my life and that my father wanted to bless me in that way. Who am I to refuse a blessing that he wants to give to me? What what kind of daughter would I what what kind of daughter would I be? It's about reciprocity. And if Bishop said he'll cook anything I want, how I'm gonna say a salad? I don't, Bishop, you don't, you don't need to make salad. Salad is already made, Bishop. Let's up the ante. And Bishop made me ribs. And I overslept the next morning because I went to bed full, full of glory, full of love, and full of barbecue sauce. And it was delicious, okay? And so from there, it was basically me spiraling out of control. French fries may have happened throughout the weekend. Bread, bread definitely happened throughout the weekend. But God is good and his mercy endureth forever because today and yesterday, I basically have done the right things. You know, but I did go to Orange Theory this morning. Um, so that's me. That's where my waistline is. How is your waistline? What is your waistline doing? 
All right, let's talk about you. I share my heart. What about your heart? Let's see what Facebook Live is saying. Carla Carter said, Bishop is the truth. You are blessed. I am blessed. I, re- I received the blessing of the bishop. Anita Jackson said, nothing like a daddy's love. That's Anita, see, that that's what the problem was, is that he asked me, he asked me, he said, anything you want. And I said, well, I feel like baby girl is home and that daddy wants to make her anything that she wants. And who I don't want to, I want him to live in the blessing of sowing into his children. That's I'm sure that's in the Bible somewhere about sowing into your kids and blessing and stuff. Capri Smiles asked, did I know that I was a comedian? I did not know that I was a comedian. I, I have heard crazy before, but that's all right. Everybody a little bit crazy. My grandmother used to say that everybody is selling their own brand of crazy. You get to decide which one you want to purchase. That's a word already. Seven minutes into the podcast and already there is a word somewhere in here for you. Amber said, my mama made me a peach cobbler, so my waistline is stretched. Girl, I know it's about to stretching. Amber, but was the peach cobbler good? See, this is what I tell myself when I'm about to be fat. I say to myself, I say, self, um, are you going to regret eating this later? Are you going to wish that you would have saved this opportunity to be fat on something that was worthy of you being fat? And the way I did the math is that I don't get to have my father's cooking very often. I'm grown. I had to eat my own cooking. And I can cook. That's beautiful. But my cooking and my daddy's cooking. And so, you know, I, I ate them ribs. And when I was at Orange Theory and the devil tried to make me say, oh, I feel a word coming. It's boiling up. Hold on. It's on simmer. When the devil tried to make me say, in Orange Theory, you shouldn't have ate them ribs, I told the devil, you a lie. Okay? Because those were memories. And sometimes you have to tell the devil when he would try to interject a thought into your life that he can find the exit door with that thought and with that negativity because it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be, and it's going to do what it's going to do. Amen. All right. Let's see. Monique McDowell is on a detox smoothies for the next 12 days. And we're praying for you because, man. All right. Monique says she's eating a snowball in this moment, like probably like a snow cone with flavors in it. Annetta Stevens says, my mama made a cake and I didn't want to be disrespectful and say, no, that's what I'm saying. But see, honor your parents. You know, your mother and your father, that it may go well with you. We're just trying to be in alignment with the word. We good Christians. Amen. Sharon said, I have tried to eat right, but the struggle is real. Let me tell you, okay, and then I'm going to move on because this is how things get started. Eating right is a struggle. I don't mind the working out. It's the food problem that, that starts kicking up in my life personally. I have to really talk to myself about food. Someone actually reached out to me on Instagram and asked, could I inspire them on their fitness journey? And I said, child, can you inspire me on my fitness journey? Because, child, all right, listen. So um, here's the thing. I have to tell myself, like, when I'm craving Chick-fil-A, I say, child, Chick-fil-A ain't going nowhere. If you just hold off on Chick-fil-A in this moment, you can have Chick-fil-A again, you know, once you reach your goal. And that usually helps me back up off Chick-fil-A. But I do need to have a conversation with myself. Don't just think that we're going to make a decision to eat right and that's just going to be the final say because we made the decision. We're going to have to coach ourselves through this thing. We're going to have to talk about, we're going to have to remind ourselves 
about our goals, about how we feel better and have more energy when we eat right. And every now and then you have to remind yourself that I also feel good when I eat carbs and I'm going to have me a carb right now. And then next week I'll be back on salad. Not next week. That's too long. Next, after this carb, I'm going to be back on my diet. You don't have to wait a whole week to get back on like I did. Mahogany said, I just had fries. My husband said, you do not want me to be your trainer because you should not be eating that. You know what? And I appreciate people who try to walk with you in your fitness journey as a unit. But what struggles I endure when everybody's walking together as a unit is when the people in the unit want to tell you about what should be going in your mouth. I struggle with that. So I'm kind of like, you know, like my own support system. Because when I'm getting ready to eat something, you know, I don't necessarily want somebody to be like, hey, you're not supposed to be eating that. You're not supposed to be in my business. <laughs> Ooh, you see how personal it got? And so I don't even like doing that because then things get personal and people be sensitive. But that's where I get with mine. All right. Let's see what everybody else is eating. Charnetta says, listen, I just ate oxtails, mac and cheese, greens, rice, and cornbread, and I have no shame. Bible say, man, should not live on bread alone. Come on, Charnetta. I'm trying to be at show house. First of all, don't know. Okay, see, you made me country when you said oxtails. Who knows about oxtails and the blessing of the oxtail? Hmm? It's beautiful. That's what I know for sure. My father makes excellent oxtails. All right, I'm going to stop clowning and get into Rescue Eve because me and food, we could go on and on and on. And it sounds like my girls on Facebook Live could do it with me. Just one more thing. Tia Norris said, my husband tries to tell me what to eat but won't eat right himself. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? I'm going, Tia, I understand sometimes what you mean sometimes. My husband don't really, because I think he know I'm sensitive about telling me what to eat, so he don't really try me. But he do, he does try to help me in the gym and stuff sometimes. But I, I feel like fitness should be. Can we have a fitness, uh, a fitness department of Mind Your Business Ministries in which we just let everybody be on their own journey, doing whatever they need to do? And if see, okay, when we fill out the form for the fitness ministry that is a part of Mind Your Business Ministries, one of the forms should be, do you want to hear our mouth when you eat the wrong thing? And I think based off of what they select on the form, then we can decide whether or not we're going to be telling them what they can and cannot eat. That's what I would like to suggest. But I'll leave that up to y'all to decide ultimately. All right, moving into Rescue Eve. For those of you who don't know, Rescue Eve is a part of our show where we like to show a little empathy to someone who's in the news for something that they could have done better. Much like Eve could have done better when she ate from the forbidden fruit, but she did it anyway. All right. And because she did it, we're going to show Eve a little bit of grace, just like we're going to show some people in the news some grace. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes it's challenging for me to rescue some of the saints because some of the saints don't be acting like they want to be rescued. So sometimes we rescue people hypothetically. Sometimes people apologize and we come to a place within our own heart where we say, you know what? We accept that apology. This is what you could have done better. Let's move forward. This first person is going to be one of those people because I don't think that she's necessarily wanting to be rescued. But that's all right, because we all are 
at a stage in our life sometimes where we don't want to be rescued, but we need someone who sees the rescuability. It's, mm, I just made up a word and it blessed me. The rescuability of some of our actions. All right. My first rescue Eve for this ninth episode of Woman Evolve that I am submitting to the Woman Evolve delegation is Lisa S. Palmer. Lisa Palmer is a 32-year-old former student that has refused to move out of her dorm for two years since dropping out, prompting legal action from a New York college. Uh, Lisa. Lisa. Lisa has been living in the dorm. She's dropped out of school two years ago, but she has decided that just because I dropped out of school does not mean that I dropped out of my dorm, which I guess could, I guess that could kind of be confusing because some people think that just because you're not in school means that you can't live in the dorm anymore. I guess that's what, I guess that's what people think. And I guess we've been wrong all of this time because Lisa says she's not moving and they're filing a lawsuit to evict her. And Lisa said that she has every intention on fighting the lawsuit. And while I fight it, I'm going to stay. What they did not put in the article, which I would like to know as we attempt to rescue, is like, how? You know, like, how you going to stay? Like, what? Like, I'm all about reasons. You know, I'm all about why. Like, why do you think you can stay in the dorm and not be in school. You know, like not even from a place of judgment, but just straight up like, why? Is there something we, did we miss something? Did somebody tell you you can stay here as long as you want? Like, is there a clause on the contract that we miss? She's not paying to stay there, Kimberly Schuler. She has just decided that she's not moving. Like, and Sharonda Stewart brings up an interesting point. She says, why do you want to live there though? Because I lived in a dorm. I mean, sure, they're fine when you're in school, but like you just want to stay in the dorm. Okay, so we got a rescuer though. Okay, I'm confused. I'm not going to lie. I don't understand why she wants to stay. I don't understand like how like she just decided that she could stay and she going to fight, fight to be wrong. Oof. Like, we ain't never met nobody who want to fight to be wrong, but that's all right. We're going to leave that alone because that's a whole nother podcast. But but this is, in in an attempt to rescue her, I want to know, does Sally Mae um, get you for them student loans when you still live in the dorm? Because maybe, all right, I'm, I like the way this is headed. Maybe the reason why she's staying is because she thought that as long as she stays in the dorm, then she doesn't have to pay back student loans, not realizing that student loans were really as long as you are enrolled in school, not necessarily living at a school. Can that be? Can we try that? Can anybody, can anybody go with me on that one? So let's see what Facebook Live is saying. Crystal Jefferson says she could have started a GoFundMe and moved out. Why are you okay with being 32 with the curfew? With a curfew, with no kitchen. I mean, does she have a private bathroom? We don't know. Uh, but still, I just don't, I don't know. From from a place of love, though, can we just come up with some ideas about why she, I think the Sally Mae one has legs. I think maybe she didn't know, I think maybe she didn't know that that was really about being enrolled in school. Ashley Monet Scott said she would be evicted if she lived anywhere else. Baby girl needs to get out of fairytale. Oh, Ashley, 
I understand what you're saying. I get that part. But I was just wondering if there was any way that we could rescue her because, you know, Lisa, she confused something. Some She's confused. Um, Lester said, is the young lady homeless? It, she doesn't appear to be homeless because she has the dorm, but I understand what you're saying. The thing is that she works at an architecture firm. And listen, I didn't graduate from college, but when I hear the word architecture and firm, I do think gainfully employed with a check that could possibly provide a housing situation. Um, I don't know. If, if that's factual, but architecture is a big word. Firm is a weighty word. You take big word and weighty word and put them together. And it seemed like maybe there's an opportunity for her to live on her own. Let's see what they're saying on Facebook. Uh, sh- let's see. Kiara says, at first I was like, wow, she put an emoji, but maybe she would be homeless if she moved out. That's right. That's right. That is a valid point. Uh, let's see. Jennifer McMillan says, listen, if the rent prices are close to what they are in L.A., then I see why. Now, she ain't lying about that. She ain't lying about that. But the thing is, like, this is the way I would sum it up. It's like, if the school sues and win, which, I mean, they're probably going to win because you can't just stay there, um, she's going to have to pay back that money anyway. So you're not living somewhere. It's a word. All right. Just because you live in somewhere you're living under the illusion of free right now doesn't mean that everything that you should have been experiencing in that moment won't catch up with you. Let's let's dig into this. All right. There is an illusion of freedom that my girl is living under right now. But when that lawsuit gets finished, that illusion is going to be interrupted greatly because what they're going to ask for are those architecture firm coins and That is going to mean that you're going to have to pay more in one moment than you would have had to pay if you would have, you know, stretched it out over the two years that you've been living there. All right. Can we rescue her? Yeah. Shanir says it was saying she owes almost ninety four thousand dollars. That's that's a whole lot. So I don't know. We need to pray for Sister Lisa as she really navigates this court battle and hopefully, you know, she can come to a place where she wrecked. Freedom ain't free. Tracy just came through with a word. Tracy McGee, you summed it on up. You caught all of that that was in the atmosphere. Tracy said freedom ain't free, and she ain't never lied because my girl is living under the illusion right now, but it is not reality. Samantha brings up a good point. She's stopping a future student from being able to stay. And Karen says, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Clearly, she has a problem. That's another thing. I think that the internet has exposed us to the reality that that people don't necessarily all think the way that we think. And sometimes we would think that you should move out when you're no longer enrolled in school, but some people really don't think like that, like legitimately don't think like that. And when you force your moral compass and your common sense and your logic to be someone else's logic, you may find yourself disappointed because you have an expectation that is not real. Triviana, Triviana, please, I hope I'm saying your name right, girl, don't fire me. Please don't. But she said, what is her reasoning? That's the only thing I should have. Maybe she shouldn't be rescued, Eve, because I really need her reasoning to be able to help because she she really didn't give one. All my girl said is that I plan on fighting. This is a direct quote. She says, I plan on fighting the lawsuit. And while I fight it, I'm going to stay. I don't. 
I don't know. It also says that Palmer told the New York Post, but she added that dorm life is really lonely for someone her age. That's all I got. Crystal Jefferson says, don't say, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to put Sister Lisa in a lifeboat. Okay, we're going to rescue her. We've given her a life jacket. And for now, we're going to give her a lifeboat. Sometimes when we rescue people, we get helicopters. Other times we get cruise ships to come by. This time we're going to put her on the lifeboat. And we are going to decide that everyone needs to be rescued, but we don't exactly know the best way to rescue you. Can we do that? It feels good to me. It it feels good to me. Can we can we leave it right there? All right. I'm gonna leave that right there. She put we put her in a lifeboat. All right. Jessica says this is really a stretch that I'm not gonna be able to do. She's grown with a job and she needs to go. That seems like that seems like where we all are right now, but I was just wondering if there were any other angles we could hit. That's all right. It's okay. That's fine. Fine. Forget it. Erase it. Move on. Move on. We're erasing that. Move Lisa Palmer erased right now in the lifeboat. Next rescue. I'm going to move on. This is a rescue Adam. Okay. Sometimes we rescue Eve. Other times we rescue Adam. And that's when we have a man who is in the news for something that is less than ideal, but we want to try and help our fellow men folk. And we call that rescue Adam. My rescue Adam for this week's episode is a young man by the name of Terry Bryant. Uh, Brother Terry was at an Oscar party and evidently he stole Francis McDormand's Oscar and videotaped himself with it and has been arrested. Now, at first glance, it can appear that, like, why would you steal someone's Oscar? That doesn't make any sense. I just want to submit to the Woman Evolved delegation that my boy Terry, I'm going to paint a picture for you. You ready? Close your eyes. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but just daydream and focus on the road at the same time. Or if you're cooking, daydream, focus on focus on the food. Don't burn the people's food. All right, but here's the thing. This is how I see it in my head. Terry Bryant is at an Oscar party, okay? The music is going. Can you hear the music? Everyone's excited. Ooh, do you hear all that laughter in the background? Things are going well, right? Terry's enjoying himself, and he looks over, and he sees on the table a little gold man, okay? For years, Terry has looked in the mirror with a hairbrush and practiced his speech, He has imagined the day in which he would have the opportunity to hold this gold man and and take selfies and video pictures and and to say, man, um, I first want to give honor to God because that's how he does it in his speech. I was there when he was practicing, you know, first give honor to God and he's holding the Oscar man and he's taking pictures and my mom, I thank you so much. And there's this opportunity and everybody's dancing and laughing and hey, he's in the moment. And so he picks up the Oscar and he picks up the Oscar and uh, he's holding the Oscar and taking videos, and he's posting the videos, and then he got busted because he woke up, okay? He woke up from the dream and realized that he was actually holding someone else's Oscar. I want to know, can we rescue Terry for just trying to live his, just trying to live out his dream? Maybe he was going to put it back. Maybe he was going to just have his moment, take his picture. He Maybe he said, you know what, acting, I don't, I missed my window. It's not going to happen for me, but at least I will have this picture forever. And then 
and then he was going to put it back. But before he got to put it back, he um, had got busted. Can All right, submit it to Woman Evolve delegation. All right, Tarsha says, now, sis, you know we can't rescue him. So he just made a mistake and took that. It's not, I'm not saying he had made a mistake. I'm saying he was dreaming and his dream, he forgot in the dream. Let's see. I I would just like to know. Okay. Christy says that she would rather rescue Lisa from the dorm. So can we put Terry in the lifeboat then and then put Lisa, is it a helicopter? We can put Lisa on the helicopter. No, anybody? Um, no rescue for Terry. Nah, don't rescue him. Okay, Sharonda, yes, we got to rescue him. Child, was innocent. I'm just saying, possibly. I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily innocent. I'm just admitting a different. I'm just trying to stretch our mind to just weigh the different possibilities of what it could have been. And Charity said, it's a no for me, dog. He got to earn it. All right. Um, let's see if anyone else. Okay, Markeisha says, rescue him. Punishment is super strict. We got to rescue him. Natalie says, nope, you can't be sneaking and geeking at the Oscars. Child, that's all people do all weekend, okay? Paris says, I love you, Sarah, but Terry won't be getting rescued. Praying for him, though. All right. Okay, so evidently the Woman Evolved delegation is not in the mood on today, and people are only going to be getting life jackets and not a lifeboat. Angela Moore says, no, he shouldn't get a lifeboat, but he but he can have a life jacket, though, Right. Crystal Grant says, no, I'm pushing them both out. Okay, we're, okay, there we go. Teresa Key says we can send them a floaty. Sometimes you don't get it all. Sometimes you just get a floaty. Now, you're right. Someone did just say he could have asked for a picture instead of just taking it. And she probably would have said yes because she had a very moving speech at the Oscars. She seems like a nice, lovely person. If he would have been like, you know what, can I please just take a picture with your Oscar like it's mine? Maybe she would have said yes. All right. Can can we just talk about the Oscars briefly? Did y'all watch them? I think that somebody had a five-hour energy drink at the Oscars and just decided to be so woke because we honored everybody. They said, y'all will never have us being hashtag Oscars so white ever again. We honor the veterans. We honor all kinds of black people. We like to go to the movies. We don't mind throwing candy and hot dogs. We're here for everybody. It's not just us and white people anymore. It's for everybody. And so I think that this was the wokest Oscars ever. And yet still not, not necessarily the most entertaining for me. But let me tell you why I do watch the Oscars and will continue to watch the Oscars. Uh, Because I like to see people get dressed up. I do. I like to see people get dressed up and have on their beautiful gowns. But the wokeness was... The wokeness was a, the wokeness was a bit of a stretch. Kimberly said maybe he was looking for someone with a camera, and Shimron said tell him where he went wrong. All right, so I have not been able to rescue two people, and that's awesome. So that means that this week I am really hitting them off. All right, well here's the last one, and I think that we'll I think we'll rescue her. Can we rescue Tiffany Haddish? Is anyone here for that? Yet. Yeah. Is anyone here for us rescuing her? Tiffany Haddish uh, was being dragged, not necessarily by anyone in culture, but by Sister Beyonce, because Sister Beyonce is being featured on a song. And in one of the lyrics, it says, if they're trying to party with the queen, they're going to have to sign a non-disclosure. I don't know how she said it. That was my take on it. I haven't heard the song, but I just read the lyrics. 
For those of you unfamiliar, Tiffany Haddish has been sharing in different articles about an encounter she had with Sister Beyonce, and she has been sharing what would appear to have been, you know, intimate, personal moments. And so it has been suggested that when Sister Beyonce quoted this lyric, that what she was saying was that um, that she was referencing rather some of the articles that have been taking place. Can we rescue Tiffany? Tiffany was just excited to be around Sister Beyonce. And in in the moment of that excitement, she was sharing things. Can we can we consider that? Really? Can okay. So I see Facebook Live is chiming in and Tamara says, of course she can be rescued. Denise says, I think Beyonce needs to grow up. Oh, that's I oh, all right. That's okay. I can y'all just start? Because Sister Beyonce and Brother Jay-Z said they was going to tour. And I just want to know if I can get the outreach ministry of Mind Your Business Ministries to consider outreach at On The Run 2, if it happens. I don't know. Can we consider? Can we consider? Now, Denise said Beyonce is too insecure. Well, child, she been through a lot, child. Just because she Beyonce don't mean she can't be insecure. Have you? I don't know if you've listened to Lemonade because it, you know, I don't know if I've listened to Lemonade because I recognize it wasn't, you know, gospel or CCM. But hypothetically speaking, had I listened to Lemonade, I would have learned that she has been through a whole lot. She insecure just like the rest of us, fine as she is, as much money as she has, and all of that. She's still a woman up underneath that, and she has been hurt and abused emotionally. And she's coming out on the other side, but you know, she 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 might be a little insecure, possibly. Can we? Get any rescuing on Tiffany Haddish. That's all. Michelle says, yes, rescue her. She said she would sign one anyway. She did say that. So that was an apology. She did. Tiffany Haddish definitely was like, she'll sign an NDA any day. And, and so she, okay, so we can rescue Tiffany. Let's see. Millicent says, until Beyonce said anything, I thought it was just some good comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of thought it was comedy, but then again, I thought some of the things that Sister Haddish, I'm so churchy. I didn't put sister and brother on everything. But anywho, I thought that until she, um, uh, when she was saying things like about her running up on some actress and kind of, you know, showing her presence as if don't talk to my man. I thought that that was a bit much, especially considering the sensitive nature of their relationship that they have shared with us. Let's see what anyone else is saying on here about Tiffany, Shanira says, let her be happy. Tiffany is humble. She even spoke about it at the Oscar that if Beyonce wants the NDA, she will sign one. She started from the bottom and now she's here. And she was representing her people. That was awesome. I thought she did. She looked beautiful. I know we uh, some of the saints was talking about her wearing that dress three times, you know, to three different things. But I think that's part of what makes her connected, uh, relatable is that she, you know, we who don't wear the same things? I've probably worn these pants a thousand times, you know? Um, they, they do donate dresses, though. Sometimes designers will, so she just wanted to do that. I could see that. Let's see. Victoria Hicks says, but Jay-Z should have removed the lady, should have removed the lady's arm from his chest. Yeah, but see, we we don't even know if it's true like that. But I understand what you're saying. But I do think overall, like Yvonne Lee is saying that Tiffany was starstruck and Brittany is team Tiffany. So I think we can rescue her from the tire marks that may be on her back for revealing those intimate moments. So that's just a thought. That's that's something we should consider. All right, so we're going to rescue Tiffany Haddish. 
Um, my other two, Terry Bryant and Lisa Palmer, received life jackets. Um, and it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to do much more than that. But that's all right. Can't win them all. We're going to move on to Hail Mary. Hail Mary is a part of our show where we take a minute and just acknowledge women who are doing phenomenal things in the news and in culture. I am personally pretty blown away by the people who we are choosing for this week's episode because they are out here really breaking barriers and limits. My first Hail Mary for this week is Brianna Daniels. Have you all heard this story? Brianna Daniels is the first black pit crew driver in NASCAR. It's amazing. First of all, Black people in NASCAR, you know, we're not necessarily dominating that particular sport. And so when you add in the element of also a Black woman being a part of the Black pit crew in NASCAR, I thought that that was phenomenal. And my girl is young. She's not like, she's 24 years old. So at 24 years old, she has become the first Black pit crew driver in NASCAR. And I thought that was pretty dope. And if you are a mother and, you know, a sister, whoever, really, you could be whoever, I think I'm going to share this with my daughter, Mackenzie, just the limitless possibilities that are available to us to continue to just break barriers, not just Black, but women in general. Like, there are just countless opportunities for us to continue to blaze trails sometimes. And this is a word for even as adult women or even more seasoned women, that sometimes you start to believe that you there's no new lane to be cultivated, that your only option is to do something that is easy or something that doesn't require a challenge. And the reality is the more that you evolve in your purpose, the more opportunities there are for you to cultivate a new lane for someone else. I saw that the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, just named of uh, Cynthia Marshall as the first, um, or at least the interim president of the Mavericks while they're, or CEO rather, CEO had to get that right. Cynthia Marshall has been named as the interim CEO of the Dallas Mavericks, and she is also an African-American woman. And so I wanted to definitely acknowledge Brianna Daniels and Cynthia Marshall. And in that same NASCAR vein, Melissa Harville LeBron is the first African-American woman to own a NASCAR team. All right. So from the crew to the top, started from the bottom. Now we're here. We are breaking barriers. In every NASCAR had two opportunities for trails to be blazed by African American women, two different unique opportunities. Imagine how many different unique opportunities exist in different industries for you to be the first or the best or the second or the third. Let's not act like there's just, you know, in a bunch of us to choose from in these different fields, the reality is that maybe you won't be first, but being second, being third, the more that you blaze a trail, the easier it is for someone to come behind you. Not all of us will be first. The only thing about being first, and I'm going to move on because ain't nobody, y'all ain't, this ain't what y'all signed up for. But the only thing about being first is that you think that first means that you can't be second. And you start to think that the first is just an isolated event. And the more of us that don't mind coming up behind first and saying, I don't believe that that's is it possible, this ain't even my word, but is it possible that being second is just as powerful as being first? 
Because first may make you think that it was an isolated event, but second shows that different people from different backgrounds and different culture can all make it to the top as well. I'm going to say, here's what I'm going to say. Adam was the first man that God created, but Jesus, the second, come on somebody, became the Messiah. There's something powerful about being second. Just because you won't be the first doesn't mean that there's not power in being second. It's a word. Is your finger in the air? It's a word. Tamika is agreeing with me. She says, it's a word. Patricia Trail said, preach. Yes. I think that there is something to that. That's a word for somebody who is thinking that just because someone has done it means that there's not space for them to do it again. There is power in doing it again. All right. Shout out to Brother Stephen Furtick for that powerful song that we hear. So, yes. Cynthia Marshall and Brianna Daniels and the Melissa Harville LeBron are our Hail Marys for this week. It seems like that has been resonating with my Facebook Live audience. Andrian McLean says, Yes, y'all better do it, ladies. I totally, totally agree. Let's see what else Facebook Live is saying. Janelle Rogers, I lost you. It skimmed to the top. Let's see. Uh, we must excel in our God-given earthly talents and purpose, says Willa. Totally agree. Natalie Janice says, started from the pit crew, now we here. Okay, isn't that powerful? And let's see, it seems like some people are chiming in on that second. Ruth's first husband versus her second. Boaz, you ain't cinnamon key, pushed through with a word. She helped me. She she brought a little more foundation to that word that we were trying to work up on. Cinnamon key says Ruth's first husband versus her second. I feel a word in my spirit about being second. Hmm? I feel a word. There is glory in being second. You know what else happens when you're second? You get to learn from all of the mistakes of the first. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that it, that first doesn't have its own weight, but I'm saying there is something about second. Ayana says, I am a firstborn, but there is a blessing in coming after. Greater has something to measure up to. Greater than must come after something, in my opinion. We preaching. Y'all are helping me. I didn't think that I had any more word to give after Sunday, but you guys are helping me come up with something, all right? Brenda said, either way, you made it. And at the end of the day, that's right. You got to also remember that sometimes the fact that you even made it across the finish line is something to behold. Maybe I wasn't first. Maybe I wasn't second or third. But guess what? I made it across this finish line. I'm going to stop because I feel a little tune-up coming down in my spirit. Come on, somebody. Those are our Hail Marys for this week. Our next part of the show is when we take a minute and offer our opinion and advice to a fellow sister in Eve. I have a few great ones that I think are really worthy of our attention. The first question that I have is from someone who messaged me on Sunday, and it says, I'm sure you get countless of messages, but I didn't know who was the best to ask this question. By the way, I love you and your ministry. Thank you, child. Anyway, I'm 20 years old and I find it hard and a little difficult to focus on me. I see everyone else living their best life and I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. So my question is, how do you know you're doing what God called you to be or to be doing? 
This is an excellent question. And I think that it is part of the, the, the difficulty of social media is that you get to see everyone living their best life, but it also makes you question where you are on the scale. This is what I would say to you. Girl, at 20, child, I did not know nothing, okay, about my life, about my purpose, about who God had called me to be. Some people are blessed and fortunate to find it early. Others of us have to take on a few experiences. We have to deal with some insecurities and some failures before we discover our purpose. I'm not, I mean, literally just a decade uh, since being 20, I realized how little I knew at 20 years old. Like, just, I don't want to say dumb as a box of rocks, but I just did not know nothing at 20. And you couldn't have told me that. I thought I knew everything because I had a job and a pay stub and had filed some taxes and was paying rent and paying bills on my own. I thought that I was pretty established as an adult. Little did I know that I did not know nothing at 20 years old. And so what I'm saying to you, honey, is that you should not know much of anything at 20 years old. But the one thing that you should know, the one thing that you should hold on to is that there is a purpose for your life. Sometimes when you don't know what your purpose is and you don't know where you fit in the world and in the grand scheme of things, the one thing that you have to allow to be your your foundation as you try to discover what your life will ultimately build is that I am not random. And if you can accept the fact that I am not random, that God has put me in this earth to do something, it will make you open and sensitive to what your purpose could be. I think another great way to discover your purpose or to even recognize your purpose and your gifting is to serve other people. Nothing has opened the door for me to feel like I am helping this world become a better place like serving other people. Become addicted to serving. When you are addicted to serving, it's difficult to feel ostracized. It's difficult to feel lost. It's difficult to feel like you're not on track because you recognize I did something today that made the world a better place. Feed the homeless, volunteer at a shelter, help kids after school, get involved at your local church. There are countless ways to serve. There are more ways to serve than there are people who are willing to be servants. That's in the Bible. And so I would encourage you at 20 years old to accept the fact that you have a purpose, accept the fact that you are not random, that God placed you on this earth for a reason, and that each day I'm going to serve until I discover what that reason is. I believe that as you serve, that God will awaken you to different gifts and talents and creativity that will help you to recognize why he placed you on the earth. Sometimes you'll be serving at a homeless shelter and maybe come up with an idea for a kitchen tool. And that kitchen tool will be the thing that leads you into corporate. Just because you start off serving in one area doesn't mean that that's going to be the lane that you stay in forever. But I do believe that serving awakens things on the inside of you that helps you lead to the thing that leads to the thing that God took you, that God created you for but I'm not in this room by my own. I'm not in this room on my own. There are some people on Facebook who would like to give you their perspectives as well. Lynette Pope says, it definitely took failures because I was established in the world, not the word. At least know you are a worshiper. So true. Willa says, seek the face of God and he will show you. Ask, knock, and see. Let's see what else. Maureen says, I'm 62 and still don't know nothing. We live and learn. My passion is serving in community and in church. 
child. Listen, do you hear that? That's wisdom right there. That's philosophical right there. All I know is that I know nothing, okay? When you live in this place, listen, it's a word. It's too many people who are walking around acting like they know everything. Be willing to say, I don't know and I am okay with not knowing. But what I do know is that I want the world to become better because I'm in it. And I live each day making decisions from that place. And I don't want to be so wrapped up in this feeling of loss that I end up allowing my insecurities and my fear to make me seek validation and acceptance from the wrong circles. I've already been validated. I've already been accepted. And so my goal now is to live from that place and to offer that same level of unconditional love that has been shown to me to other people. Let's see what else Facebook Live is saying. Summer Johnson says, if you can't serve, you will never lead. That is so true because great, great leaders are ultimately people who have decided to be servants. And when you take that servant leadership attitude to the top, it helps you to raise up other leaders. Let's say Tanya Chow says, preach girl. I know that's right. It's the truth. Exodus says, stop looking at the lives of others. They have problems too. That's so true. And I mean, I think we all know that, you know, like just because I see it on Facebook doesn't make it real life. It doesn't mean that it is their reality, but sometimes you just need a reminder. Maybe, child, all right, maybe you need to get off of Facebook for a little. I'm so glad that in my 20s that I wasn't heavy on Instagram and Facebook. First of all, I would have been a bona fide stalker because my insecurities were running wild at 20 years old. But also I would have been just constantly comparing myself. Don't be afraid to get off of social media. Don't be afraid to break the norm and allow yourself an opportunity to have self-intimacy and self-discovery and to really begin to press into what your purpose is. So that's our advice for her. The next, the next one, listen, it's a doozy, okay? It is a doozy. So whatever you're doing, I need you to take a minute and listen, because this is not going to be one of those questions where you can just kind of piece it together because you were doing something else. Because if you were going to have a take on this one, you were going to need to hear the first, you're going to need to hear the full story. Okay. Brace yourself. Here we go. My girl says, good morning, Sarah. I hope you're having a great morning. I have a question and event looking for direction. Just a little background of me. I am 36 years old. I have been on my own since I was 18 years old. My mom died when I was 18 and my father passed when I was 34. Over the years, my friends have been my family. I am not close to my blood family. I have one best friend that we have been attached at the hip for the last 12 years. She has been there for me and I have been there for her. We also have been single just as long as we have been friends. We are in church and we serve as missionaries. Recently, my friend got a boyfriend. Although I am happy for my friend and actually pray that she finds someone because she desires to be married and have children, I have a 14-year-old daughter. Although I am happy I miss my friend, she has now engulfed herself in her relationship and we don't spend time like we used to. I tried talking to her about it and we agreed to work on spending more time. What's hard is going from spending all my free time with my friend, talking on the phone, etc., to like 1% of her time has hurt me and made me angry. I didn't realize how angry I was until we all went on a trip together with her boyfriend. And I knew I wasn't ready for that, but everyone wanted me to go. Well, I let my anger and frustration ruin the trip by arguing with my friend and her boyfriend jumped in the argument and tried to 
fight me. I cried the entire night and morning after the incident because I was so embarrassed and hurt my friend didn't come to my rescue. I apologized to both of them for exploding. However, her boyfriend never apologized for disrespecting me. I realized my hurt and anger comes from fear of abandonment. I realized that this this is an area I have to put before my God. My question is, do I go back into this friendship? We haven't spoken in a few days since the incident. I don't have the courage and I feel so hurt. I don't know what to do. Do you have any advice? I know one is I need to grow up. People's lives change, right? Thank you for your time. I love the Woman Evolve Live show. Thank you for always being so down to earth and being truthful with your advice. May God continue to enlarge your territory. Now, listen, I know it was a little longer than some of the letters, but it was layered. And I felt like it was worthy of us having a conversation because I had my answer all laid out until I continued to read the story. And when I continued to read the story, I was like, whew, my goodness. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, Okay, sometimes our friendships can become codependency. And when our friendships are founded and rooted in codependency, then we need more from the friendship than we should. And all of that is fine until the friendship changes, whether someone gets in a relationship, someone has a child, someone moves away, and all of a sudden we can no longer celebrate the friendship any longer because the friendship has shifted. I think in the best, healthiest versions of friendships, that it's two people who are celebrating and encouraging and confiding in one another as they pursue God's best for their life. Having said that, I think that um, I think that this friendship is rooted in some codependency, and I've been there, where you know the friendship was basically, you know, it was everything, and it was too much for us to be codependent on one another in that way, and to still evolve as independent women. And so I think that you have to take a minute and not focus so much on whether or not you should go back into the friendship, but focus more on why this friendship has become what it has become? And is it the healthiest friendship that you should be in or that she should be in? And I think that you have to be willing to search within yourself to to really take time away. I don't think that it's the healthiest friendship, so I'm not going to advise that you jump back in it. I think that you've got to jump within yourself. You've experienced a lot of loss. You lost your mother at an early age. You lost your father at an early age. And I think it would be very natural for you to cling on to those relationships and to cling on to any relationship, really, but specifically this friendship. But I don't think that that is healthy for you or healthy for her. I think coming to a place where you really ask yourself, did I grieve properly when I lost my parents? Did I reconcile what it meant to be on my own at 18 years old without a mother to help me navigate womanhood? Have I really searched within myself to see how that affected me? I think that this opportunity serves a purpose in allowing you to dig within yourself and learn more about who you are and who God has called you to be. Because at the end of the day, even if you enter back into the friendship, there may be a part of you that's still resentful and bitter because it's not, child, if y'all's friendship can go back to what it was before, it's definitely not healthy, which means that 
that's just not a good idea. And if you jump back in the friendship and it still fails to meet your expectations, then you're going to be hurt again. I think anything that constantly produces hurt within our life, that we have to be willing to step back and assess where is, what is the source of this hurt and can I continue? It's toxic. You know, you can have toxic friendships and toxic relationships. I know when we talk about things being toxic, sometimes we make it so much about relationships that we fail to really talk about toxic relationships in general. You can have a toxic relationship with a friend. You can have a toxic relationship with a child. But our our role in discovering toxic relationships is to determine and identify what toxins am I adding to this? What insecurities, what fears, what issues do I bring into this relationship that make it unhealthy? But I want to see what Facebook Live is saying about this as well. Tamika says she may have a fear of abandonment as well. Certainly, I think she actually mentioned that in there that she has a fear of abandonment. And so, you know, counseling is amazing. Counseling is an incredible tool for us to really process. Sometimes it's difficult to process internally. And if you don't have a really large support system, it can be challenging to process as well. But counseling serves as an opportunity. I think there are even Christian apps and, you know, regular, you know, apps as well that serve to help us um through counseling, through just texting and chatting. It's not even necessarily like you have to go sit on the couch beside um, in front of someone. Fatima says, it sounds like she is afraid of the grief and loss of a friend. It could have been anyone. It's her being afraid of losing and that sense of abandonment for sure. And I mean, and she has every right to feel grief. Anyone who has to bury their mother as a teenager, bury their mother at all, to be honest, and then turn around and bury their father is going to struggle with the idea of abandonment. Sometimes I really take a minute when I hear different stories that I think would be really challenging for me to experience. And I have to think to myself, man, God must really think a lot of that person to allow them to experience that. And so I also think that you should consider, you know, God in choosing me to bear the weight of these experiences. What did you want me to do with this strength? Because you have to be, you have to have strength. Part of what I talked about in my message on Sunday at the Potter's House Denver, when I was talking about being squeezed out is like, I didn't have any strength, but strength was squeezed out of me. So you've got all of this strength. I know it sounds like it's a word. Sometimes our loss, sometimes our grief can look like weakness. It can look like loss. It can make us afraid. But the reality is that's because we're seeing it through certain lenses. If we would dare see it through the lens of strength, then we would begin to ask ourselves, God, if you put me in this fight, if you put me in this battle, if it seems like you left me here to stand on my own two feet, God, then I also need to know what do you want me to do with the strength that I have as a result of it? It takes strength to pick up your life and move forward and to raise a child and to, and to have friendships and and relationships and dreams after experiencing grief. And so I think that you should really tap into to just discovering, you know, areas where there's still may, where there still may be a need for healing and also um counseling. But I don't think I think that it's less about the friendship and more about you taking a minute to assess who you are. Let's see. Patricia Trail says, I believe when we lose friends, God wants us to draw closer to him. I think that that's true as well. I think that our friendships often replace prayer. 
that sometimes when you can pick up the phone and call someone, it's easier than than praying. It's easier than worship. It's easier than opening up your heart and say, God, this is where I am and this is how I feel. Jaleesa says, yes, it does do that. Strength does not come from trying to handle it all on your own. Let's see, Exodus says, you can't feel that hurt from losing family with friends. You're asking her to fill a void that she can't fill, and that's not fair. Read Pastor Therese wholeness is good. Exodus, you spoke a word. Yes, honey, How? where am I at? Child, here, listen, this is what you need, okay? I think that you need to read the book wholeness. It will reveal to you things in your life that are broken and areas where you can heal. If you're listening to this, wholeness by Teray Roberts, my husband, my man, my baby daddy, my snack, okay? You need to read that book. It will help you tremendously to understand areas of brokenness and not just seeing the brokenness, but also making tools to healing them. I would take this separation as a sign that, you know what, I really need to take a minute to be by myself and to figure out who I am and what I want to be. And the fact that the boy tried to fight you, I can't even get into that. I don't even, girl, you had me going. I was already with the whole codependency and the friendship. And then you hit me when he tried to fight you. And I couldn't fully comprehend that, to be honest. Listen, like fight, like physically fight, that all of that is bad. I would, I think, mm-mm, we got to leave that alone. Okay, so she's willing to give the friend a chance. She should maybe consider reconnecting with family to forgive that portion of her life, then focus on herself. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. You know, I think time to, I think everything starts with self. And I think from the healthiest version of who you are, you can make a decision about your family and your friendships. But I definitely think right now that we got to be willing to take some time to ourselves. Yeah, LaShawn Davis said the, uh, the boyfriend lost his mind. He sure did. Listen, and um, I'm not, listen, because, you know, violence is never the answer. And I don't know, you know, a man trying to fight you, you know, it speaks a lot about who he is. And the fact that he's still alive speaks a lot about who you are, because I know some sisters, myself included, that been and tried to fight a man who tried to fight her. And so I want to commend you for your willpower and your strength that you held on the inside when he tried to attack you, because I would have broke bottles. Do you hear me? Sometimes, all right. That's not, that wasn't pastoral and it wasn't very holy. But when you try to fight me, you don't like me. And when you don't like me, that communicates something to me. And when that is communicated to me, then all I got to think is that you don't like me. And I mean, you should never drink anything around me. You should never eat anything around me. Because if you know, all right. Jesse said, he going to be in Wakanda in that river if he try to hit me. Yeah, I ain't never seen that. And woe unto the friends who was around and allowed this young man of God, this young man of valor in training to just run up on you because, you know, woe unto, I don't want to be, mm, I don't want to be friends with nobody who is going to let somebody push up on me and just walk away and live their life. I want to have to come. Let me tell you, I move on. All right. I'm on because then you see how I didn't got all I didn't got all off track. I was in Philadelphia airport and somebody came up to me and told me I had on a nice jacket. But when he poked my jacket, he poked me on my body. 
And my husband, I had to calm him down. And he and, and he wasn't even trying to fight me. You know, was he trying to cop a feel? We don't know. But what I do know is in that moment, I had to get a hold of my husband and back my husband up off of the man. And so what I'm saying is I couldn't imagine a man trying to fight me and ain't nobody doing nothing. I mean, I could probably do enough damage on my own, but sometimes it's nice to have backup. That's how I knew on the elevator when Solange and Beyonce and Jay-Z was on, that's when I knew Jay-Z had done wrong. Because when Solange ran up on Jay-Z and Beyonce stood there, I said, oh no, Jay-Z has done something wrong. Because I couldn't imagine you running up on my man and me just sitting there putting on my lipstick and minding my business. You, That will be the day mind your business in, uh, ministries ends. Let me tell you one more time. The day that somebody run up on my husband, Mind Your Business Ministries is closing their doors because I'm going to be all up in that business, honey. You don't, you don't have, he don't have no business. I'm his business. We in business together. That his business, my business, all the same business. And if you run up on him, you didn't run up on me. Don't. All right. Okay. All right. Calm down and breathe because I got to deliver this snack in just a few seconds and y'all done got me all hot and bothered. But what I do know is this. Mm-mm. I wouldn't want to be her friend for the mere fact that you would let somebody jump on me. If we're going to be friends, I need to know that if somebody jump on me, they're going to get jumped on. Now tweet that. All right. Okay. Whew. Ooh, so I'm going to check in with Facebook and then I'm going to deliver my snack. All right. Whew. Kay says, the friend sounds afraid. If the boyfriend fights her, I'm willing to bet that there's some abuse being done. Yeah, because if he will try to fight a friend, we need to pray for the friend. Because if he would try to fight you, that means that he resorts to violence when in disputes. That means that we need to pray for your friend, that she would know wholeness and that and that she will be okay. That's, I think that we, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Jasmine says, if he was wanting to run up on her, he's probably definitely doing the same to her. She said the same thing. Y'all's calculator is working real good today. I didn't got all upset running down a little stream that ain't even real. And y'all's calculator is working real good. Y'all added that up real good. Yeah, he definitely has an anger demon. So yes, let's pray for her friend because that's, that's something. So while you're seeking your own wholeness and getting yourself together, I also pray that you would begin to pray for your friend's wholeness and that she would be okay because she's got to be in a place where she can make wise decisions about her family, okay? Jasmine says, because you will get the business. You don't want no smoke. Yes, Jasmine, where are you from? What set you rep? Jasmine says, you don't want no smoke. Yes, honey. Yeah, you have to really know something to know something about some smoke. She ain't talking about no barbecue. Okay. Girls, my friends don't jump in for me when I see her again. We fighting. That's Jackson Renee. Yeah. Amen. That, ooh, Lori said real men don't get in women's business. That's that's what y'all was saying about Peter Thomas on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I, I'm not going to say that they don't get in women's business because, you know, I do think that they can offer their advice and stuff. But to be arguing like one of them and, and then jump up and try and get in somebody's face, I can't imagine. I can't imagine it. I, close your eyes. I can't imagine it. 
I cannot imagine me having no argument. My husband start my. If anything, if you were going, okay, this is it. This is it. If you're going to be in partnership with someone and that person is in an argument with someone and it's not going anywhere or it's bringing out a lesser version of themselves, as your partner, my role is to diffuse it so that I can remind you where center is, not to escalate it by getting angry as well. Amen. That's it. All right. That's all I'm doing. And it's time for our snack. The snack portion of the show is when we just have a moment of inspiration. It's not as hefty and as weighty as what we do on Sundays or Thursdays or anytime we're blessed with the opportunity to speak. It's just a moment of inspiration that I like to leave my listeners with. And usually there's a level of transparency involved. For today's snack, I want to talk about how lately I've been a bit sensitive. Yes, I know me as as, as, I don't want to call myself a thug because somebody told me I shouldn't call myself a thug. But I'm pretty strong, okay? I'm pretty tough. And lately, people have been saying things to me on social media that they don't agree with something I did and they don't like something I said or they didn't like something I posted. They didn't like something I wore. And usually, it just falls off my back. But lately, for some reason, it has been making me a bit more sensitive and a bit more, hmm, I guess insecure or maybe in, in feeling like not as confident as I usually do. It's making me second guess myself. And as I was really pressing into this and praying about it, I really felt like God told me the reason why it is bothering you more than it used to bother you is because you are more than what you used to be. And when you are more than what you used to be, that means that more of you is exposed. What is the snack? The snack for you is that as you grow and evolve in your purpose, in your life, in your marriage, in your knowledge of who God is, that that also means that there is more of you to cover. So you cannot bring the same level of confidence, the same level of self-assurance from the last level that you bring on this level, you're going to have to cultivate a new level of confidence, a new level of faith, a new level of fearlessness for this next level. Because as you continue to go from glory to glory to glory, there's also going to be moments where you are more exposed. And in those moments, you have to remind yourself that God did not bring me to this next level of glory so that I could be the same girl who had that old story. It's a word. It's a rhyme. I didn't even mean to make it rhyme like that, but it's true. All right. So I have to change the story for this level of glory. That's the whole word. That's the whole word right there. You have to change this story. You have to change the story for this level of glory. So what does that mean? That means that you're going to have to press in more in prayer, have to press in more in reading your scriptures, and you're going to have to remind yourself as you you know, blaze a trail and venture into new things and new aspects of who you are to cover those parts as well. I, I say this all the time when I'm speaking, but like, I wish I could say it the way I see it. But I just feel like the more that you grow, the more of you is exposed. And in those seasons of exposure, you have to be conscious and diligent about recognizing that everything has to rise at the same time. And so as long as you're considering that as you grow, then I really do feel like it will make you less surprised and less sensitive when things come up. 
that question your growth. For me, just, I mean, I've already, I was already transparent, but for me, like, you know, people have not liked things that I've worn or things that I've said in the past. So like that wasn't necessarily new for me. I think the only reason that it stung a little bit more is that I'm operating on a different level and I'm operating on a different level with that old mindset. And so the new mindset has to catch up with the the new, the old mindset has to catch up with the new level. And as that happens, then I know what I need to do. Jessica Cross just summed up my whole snack with two words, level up, level up. All right. It's time for you to level up and not just level up a paycheck, not just level up in something that you've done, This not just level up in some new achievement, but to level up on every single level. Stop praying that God would allow you to level up a car or level up on a job or level up on a degree or level up on a man and ask him instead that you would level up on the inside, that you would have the level of faith and confidence required for you to understand the weight of of the blessing that this next level requires. I'm going to stop right there. I don't think I can add any more. And if I did, I would have to take a text and we would be here for 40 more minutes. Things ain't nobody got time for. So before we close out, I want to just check in with my Facebook Live audience to see how that snack is resonating with them. La Miracle liked that part where I said, change the story for this level of glory. I like that. It's, I'm going to write that down and stick it on my own mirror so that I can remind myself every single morning, you are not the girl who just stumbled into this anymore. That worked three years ago. That worked two years ago. But at this point, you are walking in a new authority in a new level. And so you need to change the story from the girl who's just happy to be in the room to the girl who recognized that God always intended for her to be in the room. And so she has ownership in what's happening right now. That was a whole nother word. Rolanda said, baby, don't sweat it. You're doing a great work. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself to pull all of yourself into the moment. Let's see. Um, Sharana says, that's right. Candy says, people need to level up on maturity and confidence. So, so true. And Zakia said, that was a whole meal, not a snack. Though they've been turning into whole meals lately. I'm going to work on my snack, snack ability. <laughs> Brittany Stewart said, a whole snack, wholeness on another level. They better leave you alone. That's all right. Y'all don't have to gather nobody. Let's see. Veronica White said, the old mindset needs to catch up. It's true. It's a word. The woman evolved delegation has chimed in. We have a word in the building. So put your stamp on it and send it out, honey. We need everyone to know that it's time for all of us to level up. God, I thank you so much for my listeners. I thank you for our time together and for the opportunity to connect, to be real, to be transparent, to admit that we're all still works in progress, but because we are committed to becoming everything that you had in mind when you created us, we come and huddle together and push one another to do more become more so that we can serve more in making this world a better place. God bless my friend who's 20 years old and still wondering where she fits. Help her to be confident and assured that you see her and that she is exactly where she should be. Awaken her to opportunities where she can serve, grow, and mature and become better. God, I also ask that you help my friend who's struggling right now with her friendship and with loss and with grief. 
And even for her friend who is in a relationship that could possibly be unhealthy, God, we speak healing and deliverance and wholeness into their life, that they may know you better, that they may know your perfect will and plan for their life. And thank you, God, for every person who's hearing this prayer right now, no matter where they are or what they're experiencing, I ask that you would continue to reveal to them that they are loved, accepted, and validated, that you will cause all things to work together for their good, no matter how bleak or dark it may seem in this moment. May they feel your love and mine and the love of thousands of other women committed to evolving, encompassing them, no matter where they are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You just finished an episode of Woman Evolve Podcast. If you want to take this party from in your headphones, speaker, cell phone, or computer and make it live and in person to a party you do not want to miss, come visit us July 13th through 14th at the Woman Evolve Conference. You will get to meet some of my Facebook Live co-hosts, of course myself. You will get a snack. You will get inspired. We will give advice. It's basically the podcast stretched out over two days of fun you do not want to miss. Visit womanevolve.com to learn more.